You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Well, Lord Jesus, we thank you for your presence in this place this morning. We thank you for everyone watching online. Lord, we love you, we adore you, we praise you. We just thank you that you would be in this place as you are in heaven through the work of your powerful Holy Spirit. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to speak. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for every person mattering to you. And we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God one more hand of praise. And uh, you could do it. Could you do better than that for Jesus for a moment? Come on. We're thankful for who he is. Well, what an honor and privilege to be with you again. I hope you're not sick of me. Jeepers. I consider it a massive, massive honor to be in this uh, great church, great people, amazing leaders, amazing staff, amazing team, but you as well, you, just the, who you are. Every time I walk in, someone's smiling at me, and I'm thinking, someone should tell some other churches. You know, they should, I remember going to a church with my uh, wife's family when we were just newly married, and we went in, it was in the lower part of the North Island, so I know that, you know, I won't, I won't identify the church. We went and we sat down and these people came up to us, a nice older couple, and they said, good morning. And we said, oh, good morning. I would have been 20 and Beck a little bit older. And, um, she, and, and, and they said, uh, good morning. Good morning, good morning. They said, you're in our seat. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> sure, that's <laughs> great. But I just want to honor um, and just express my love for Steve and Bex Green. They're just two of the most awesome human beings, leaders, preachers. It's, it's uh, unique to find two people who can communicate and lead the, and, and preach the Word of God so powerfully. I was going to show you a photo of my family, but I wanted to show you this photo because it's hot off the press. Can you bring it up? That's me. Look at this. This photo here. This photo right here. Now, Steve's the one on the right, guys, just in case. It's a doppelganger, isn't it? It's a doppelganger. Okay, so I had it on my heart. I had it on my heart to bring a specific word uh, to you to the next service. Tonight, I'm going to talk about spiritual gifts. God is moving up and down um, this nation and actually around the world. And he's equipping and getting his people ready for a great wave of awakening and revival. We've been talking about revival for many, many years in this country, but we can see the glimpses of it. And I'll just let you know, I'm, I for one am someone that want to make the very most of what God's about to do. I, won't, I don't want to let it slip through our fingers. So tonight we're going to talk about that. But this morning I want to make a declaration. It's a declaration, and declarations are really powerful, really, really powerful, but I felt I should do it, and in doing so, I wanted to explain why we can make this declaration, why this declaration is solid, and, and explain, too, why this is a purebred fight against a lot of the things that are trying to infiltrate Christianity, have tried to, our lives and our minds as well, and it comes from Psalm 119, and it goes like this, you have done many good things for me, Lord just as you promised. Think about that. You've done so many good things for me. I believe in your commands. Now teach me good judgment and knowledge. I used to wander off until you disciplined me. It's an evil word, isn't it? It's a nasty one. But now 
I closely follow your word. And here's the declaration. You are good and you do only good. Teach me your decrees. You are good and you do only good. Teach me your decrees. If you're into writing titles for messages, this is called the good fight. Because this is the fight of our lives. Whether you're a Christian here today or whether someone paid you to come to church, and if they did, I hope that's a good investment, you need to know that God is good and God does only good. Many of us struggle with that. Knowingly or unknowingly, if God is that good and that loving, then why all the suffering in the world? If God is that good and that loving, why is there hell? If God is a good God, a loving God, then why did it take so long for Scott Robertson to become the All Blacks coach? (laughs) He's not even the coach and we're all excited about it. It's so weird. It's actually a long psalm, Psalm 119. It has 176 verses in it. In fact, it's known as an acrostic Hebrew poem because each section starts with a letter in order of the Jewish alphabet. One scholar said that the poet praises God with everything from A to Z. I love that. There is, however, some debate on who wrote it, who was the writer. We know it's definitely not David because David is labeled in the Psalms he wrote. Uh, There is, though, some scholarly evidence to suggest that Daniel of Daniel in the lion's den was actually possibly the person who penned this psalm. And they believe that because of the evidence that points to other writings with his writings in it, but also this is his exact story. He went through some things that would make you think that God has left, that God has abandoned you, that God isn't interested, and yet three times a day he faithfully continued to pray, to believe God, And his declaration once the lion's mouths were shut was simply this, God, you are good and you only do good. You're so good. It's funny, eh, through our journey, sometimes halfway through, we're not sure whether we should put all of our chips, we're talking about gambling, put all of our chips in a declaration like that. We're not totally confident. What we say is we will certainly be willing to say it once we know we've got the victory. But how many people know that God is actually the one who already has the victory? Do we still believe in that? So we know God is good and only does good. It's an interesting time for good. Very interesting. A number of years ago, my wife Rebecca sent me a text, which is not unusual. She's she's obsessed with me. She she she, she no no really no for real. And she'll text me, "I love you. You're so strong. You're the man of my dreams." I mean, it's not Steve Green strong, is it? It's not that. But, you know, proportionately strong. <laughs> you can tell she never texts me those things because I like to say she will. You know, it's just a faith statement. But I noticed, <laughs> I noticed on Trade Me that there were some watch lists. And it's very interesting eye into um, people's psyche. Just look at their watch list. Because suddenly some puppies appeared on it. And I was starting to get a little bit nervous, and I was a bit concerned. Uh, not too concerned, though. I just thought it was kind of cute. Then one day, out of nowhere, all of that nervousness left, and it was utter dread, because I got a text, and I don't know if I've got it on the screen. Quite handsome, aren't I? Um, there. So this is what I get, and Rebecca sends me this picture. And um, I, anyway, basically what she does, if we summarize it, she said, we could get her tomorrow. I replied, Jesus, I bow before you. I ask for your mercy. Help me. Make your face shine on me. Then she replied, 
Now, what you don't know is she was actually at the breeders, and I didn't know she was going there, and she just texted me this. And uh, anyway, she, she said at the end, we need either another baby or a puppy. So I said, get the puppy. We've got five kids. Shandara <laughs> bakundara. So you guessed that we got the dog. Rebecca had her way again. And the dog started out cute. The dog started out sweet. It was all fantastic until it appeared that we had received Satan's little helper. <laughs> she, <laughs> she stole steak off the table, ran away with it every second. It ran away every second day out the door. She was very disobedient. She got infections like every three and a half hours. And then we were like investing in the vet with no return at all. You know, just investing. And the reason why I'm sharing this is because it, it paints an interesting picture that we thought this would be good. And for some people, dogs, for some people, dogs are good. Some people are actually anointed for the dog species. But modern society seems to have forgotten a small but very key truth. We forget there are such things as relative good. Relative good. Things that are relatively good. And at the same time, it's good to remember today, if there is such a thing as relative goodness, there is most certainly something that is called absolute goodness. Our generation seems to have those two mixed up. A dog is relatively good, depending on whether you're the greens or the heslops. Children are pretty good, as long as they sleep and do what you say. So therefore, kids are relatively good, aren't they? No, it's a very nervous laughter. But I'm here to declare today what the psalmist said because we don't hear it enough, that God is not relatively good. God is not just typically good. God is not just a little bit good. God is absolutely good regardless of who you are. Even regardless of what you believe about him, that's who he is. You can't even open the first page of the Bible without being confronted with this reality. That's how important it is. In the beginning, in the, begin, in the beginning... In the beginning, God created. You watch too much Instagram. You watch too much TikTok. God created the heavens and the earth. <laughs> the, stop it. I'm trying to be spiritual. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the waters. This is the first page of the Bible. The Spirit was hovering over the surface of the waters. So that's the Holy Spirit. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And then God saw that the light was, I read this on January 1, 2022, and I thought to myself, this is on the first day of a new year, you are confronted, because he makes um, oceans, land, vegetation, sun, stars, animals, so delicious, and then he makes you and me, and then every time God says about it, on every occasion, it's good, he foreknew what we his creation would potentially do, and he still said, it is good. And yet we look at him and we say, I'm not so sure anymore. He could look at you with faith in his eyes saying, there's relative goodness, you are good, I love what I've made. And you know, a pure view of God before man gets involved is that he is a delighting God, he is a generous creator. The first image we're given of God is that he's a creator, by the way. That's how he wanted to be known first up. He cares about the details, he's careful to create, and he even gives us choice and free will 
So I want to say it again, just in case you didn't realize, God is good. And God does good beyond our own understanding. What we're wrong. What's happened to us? I'm going to include myself in it because there are moments in time where things happen and you're just like, I don't know. I just don't. I grew up in church, and do you know what we sung every, nearly every Sunday? God is so good. Every Sunday, God is so good. I was like six or seven or eight. God is so good. He's so good to me. I like this verse. And he took my shame. He took my shame. And he took my shame. He's so good to me. I got a girlfriend. No, no, it's not. (laughs) You notice, though, that you measure God's goodness by a lot of different ways, but what we sang and what we grew up knowing, it's interesting to me that while our generation is no longer 100% confident that God is good and does good, that we also happen to be the generation that has struggled in its understanding of God's holiness. The word holy doesn't just mean a prude. It essentially means being totally without sin. So we sung it this morning, holy, holy, holy. Sometimes we go to church and we're singing it, but we don't fully grasp it. What does it mean? It means that God never once ever has sinned. He's never lied. He's never cheated. He's never been envious. He's never, he, if he's had jealousy, it's only been pure jealousy, not sinful jealousy, jealousy for your heart. But God is holy. But not only does it mean, you know, you behave well and you don't sin, holy also means to the degree of which, or the potency of, get this, or the strength of that thing. So when we say that God is holy, we're talking about some raw, like he loves like a trillion lightning strikes. He forgives to the point where he can't remember anymore, and God is very, very smart. He blesses so much that other people are blessed by the blessing that you've received. God is holy. God is holy. Moses experienced this holiness by accident. Um, You will read it in Exodus chapter 33, but once again, he says to the Lord, I'd love to meet with you. I reckon he's addicted. I get addicted to the presence of God. It's far better than anxiety. (laughs) The love of God is the right addiction for us. You are wired for habits that repeat themselves. It's just good habits, that's all, that bring wholeness. So Moses, I reckon he's not only needing God's power to lead this people out of Egypt, but he's addicted to God. He just keeps saying, can we meet again? Get that, get that. Can we meet again? If God wasn't good, why would Moses say, can we meet again? Can we just hang out? And, God, and, and Moses said, I want you to show me your face, your glory. And God says, as you're Moses, you don't know what you're asking for. If I show you my face, your face is going to melt. So I will show you my back. And I'm going to read you the scripture because it, it, he asks for God's glory, but God says this in verse 19, I will cause all of my goodness to pass in front of you. His goodness. And that's what happened. Moses couldn't even handle that. He had to be hidden in the cleft of a rock because he was so 
good. When I was 17 years old, I had an experience that I've not spoken outside of our church. In, in fact, I don't even think our church know about it. Some of our youth group do when, they, when we were youth pastoring. But I felt I should share it. I was 17. I went to bed one night, as, as you should do. I lay down my head on the pillow. I'd recently been saved. So shortly after this, I'm going to bed, and I close my eyes. And it just out of, my, out of nowhere, it wasn't a prayer, it wasn't a script. I just said, I love you so much, Lord. I closed my eyes said, I love you so much, Lord had just saved me, you know, to even think that God would reveal himself to me and do what he did in my heart, to, to understand that, if I could only go into the depths of it. But I'm lying in my bed, I've got my eyes closed, I say, I love you so much, Lord. <laughs> Suddenly, my body is dragged up through the roof. Now, I don't know if it's a vision, or I don't know if it's real life, but I can tell you this, I would swear it was real life. And I had my eyes closed. I could not dare open them. And as this is happening very, very fast, I feel like I'm being dragged up through layers of things. Um, the best way to describe it would be giant plastic sheets going through these layers at warp speed, okay? And I, am I have my eyes closed. And at the moment, at the time, I'm thinking I'm dying. That's what I'm thinking. Now, I just want to caveat a couple of things. I had not drunk anything or smoked anything. <clears throat> I had not eaten any mushroom-type-based food. Okay, legit. And so while this is happening, my eyes are closed. I think I'm, I'm dying. But here's the interesting thing. I was completely um, awestruck. I don't think terrified would be the right word, but I was completely awestruck. And it was the best feeling that I had ever felt. And I didn't want it to stop. But I knew if I keep going, I didn't know what was going to happen to me. And at that moment that I thought that, it ceased and I fell back down. <laughs> Tell Kiwis a story, eh? They're like, like what? <clears throat> and I'm on my bed. And I, I want to tell you what happened immediately after this whole experience. I'm down. I know I'm back in my bed and I fell straight asleep. I didn't write a blog. I didn't record a podcast. I just fell straight to sleep. That, mo that moment marked me in a way that even though I mean, I didn't see anything, I had my eyes closed. I just had an, an encounter, it was an encounter. As I said, whether it was a vision or whether it was real, I'm not sure. But what I can tell you is this. God is so good. You don't even know the half of it. God is better than we think. And that's the problem, isn't it? We think. Bill Johnson actually said, God is better than we think. That's why we need to change how we think. We need to change. You know, all of that came out of a Garden of Eden moment where the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals and God had already said, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Just keep eating from the tree of life. But we couldn't help ourselves, could we? And so the woman once tempted by the serpent, and the serpent is simply tempting her to lower her understanding, her belief about who God is, ate from the tree. And that's what happens is when you start to shift who you think God is, really serious things can happen. So what happens? They eat it, and now they know, and I'm sure the Jewish people would argue too, know, know good and evil. For the first time ever, what we thought was good, we now think is evil, God. 
And most of the time in our lives too, what we think is evil is sometimes good. Good for us, learning how to surrender to God. Learning how to actually hear His voice. Even what we did earlier in the service. And that moment is the moment where actually for us, we actually need to challenge ourselves today, not just in the understanding that God is good, but in the thinking. What you think about God affects every area of your life. Your revelation of God impacts everything. How you interact with people, how you actually, what you believe for, uh, the decisions you make. I'm going to share a verse that Jesus, one of Jesus' teachings that illustrates the seriousness of it, but will help us today. It's out of Matthew chapter 6. Jesus said that the lamp of the body is the eye. And one translation says the eye is the lamp to the body. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be good. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Do you get it? No, definitely not. I've read that and I'm trying to, what I, what are we, what are we dealing with here? What's going on? It's a Jewish idiom. Jewish people knew what this rabbi was talking about. It's Genesis. It's the tree of life. It's the tree of life speaking over the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The word is a Jewish phrase meaning I en tovah. I en tovah, good eye, and I en raya, which means bad eye. And they translate interchangeably that a good eye is a healthy eye and a bad eye is a stingy eye. Stingy, unhealthy, fearful, out of lack, over-skeptical, unbelieving eye. And so what are we saying here? The rabbis are saying, it's all about how you see. If you see that God is as he is, good, then goodness is going to fill your life. But if you see God as he is not, not good, darkness will fill your life. If you see God's goodness, goodness is going to fill you like light fills a body. And I would estimate that not only will it fill your body, but I'd hazard a guess it will fill your home, it will fill your workplace, it will fill your imaginations, I believe it will fill your dreams, it will fill your visions, it will give you something actually beyond yourself. Why? Because you're simply looking on at God. Less of me. I don't want to be caught in my gaze. I want to have a good eye towards God. And I, God, and I am on a mission today in the closing moments of the service to remind us as followers of Christ in 2023 that we need a good eye towards the goodness of God. We shouldn't play with this thing. It is a good fight. It is a really, really good fight. I'll show you one more verse. Um, those on the screens, it's right at the end. It's Psalm 92, and it's terrifying. I've never seen it like this before until I began to see this dynamic. We know a lot of the scripture that says that, um, if we've got it there, it says this, says the following, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree, they will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. So we've got flourishing life and the goodness of God, okay? So we're not stuck where we were five years ago, but we're moving on. Listen to this, they will still bear fruit in old age, praise the Lord. And they will stay fresh and green. Now watch this. This is freaky. And this explains our generation's challenge, 
but it also challenges us for the next generation. Proclaiming these people who are planted in the house. The Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. When, when a generation captures in a revelation of the goodness of God, they can adequately say, God, he is so good, and there is no wickedness in him. It is wicked to say that God doesn't care. It is wicked to say that God has his hands folded. It is wicked to say that God stopped moving. It is wicked to say that God is not interested in our generation. I want to say this, it is wicked to say through the cross that God is judging our generation in a different way to which he judged Christ on the cross. Yes, there will be a final judgment, a final weighing up of what we did with our lives, but Christ has given equal opportunity to every generation. And this is my thought today, is if we can steward the revelation that God is good, then our next generation will be able to say it as well, and they will not say there is any wickedness in him. And we've got to get all the wickedness out of our confession about God. Oh, it's not God's will. Who told you? If God himself told you and it aligns with the scripture, sweet deal. But if it's a debate on Facebook, if it's in the comment section, if your algorithms, all they do is cement that God is impartial, God is actually quite rigid, God is actually, we were singing, break down the walls of all my religion. We need an encounter with the goodness of God. We need a fresh encounter with his love. Maybe the band can join me. We actually need to understand it. And, and I, I just know that even today there might be people here, skeptics, a skeptical mindset that says, well, prove it. Prove it to me. You know, prove that this is the case. You know, show me the evidence. Well, number one, he created you out of love. You're not a mistake. You're not self-made. You're borrowing the oxygen he gave you. What a good God to give you that, knowing that you may even reject him fully. Two, Christ died for you. A ruthless and brutal death. Who dies for people? Who dies for guilty people? Who dies for sinful people? Only a God who is so, so good. Three, Christ freed us from the curse of the law and has blessed us with Abraham's blessing. What does that mean? That the curse of the law and everything that comes with it restriction and, and, and pain and lack of freedom and inability to move forward in God, all of it has been smashed. Sickness has been rendered um, health in the cross. But he's not only broken the law, the curse of the law, but he's put Abraham's blessing on you. Do you believe that? What sort of God would do that if he was not good? He likes you a lot, which I know is a really hard thing to get your head around. I was going to say he loves you, but most of you have heard it so many times. That you just, no, no, if you believe him, and if you come to the cross, and if you believe in his goodness, he likes it. And do you know what that is? That's favor. You have got favor on your life. And five, he hems you in. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. His goodness will follow you all the days of your life, even if you fall over, trip over. God is so good. And so these declarations today are not only a, 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 I actually really feel like God is about to show this church, you as his people, whole new realms of his goodness. 
new experiences that you're going to carry with you that are going to come in surprising ways. I, I want to declare over Elam, God is good. And he does only good. And if it's not good, then God's not finished yet. You might be going through a valley. You might be going through a moment. You might be in the den of lions. But I'm going to tell you right now, I believe God's about to give you as a church greater victory over the not-so-good things. Power, life, strength. Remember, God is better than you think, so you need to change how you think. God does not need to change, guys. We need to change, and we need to come before Him. And I want to declare it over your life as well, not only over the church, but I want to declare it over your life. I want to declare the goodness of God. Would everyone stand to your feet for a moment? A potent goodness. A good fight. I want you to believe over your family. I want you to believe over your street. I want you to believe over your heart and over your mind. No good thing will he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. That's through the righteousness given to us by Christ. That's a gift. Are you sick here today? I declare God's goodness over your body. I, I break right now the fetters, the strongholds, the chains of every cancerous cell, online as well, every organ that's filled with tumors that shouldn't be as they are. That's not good. I declare the goodness of God right now. What did the psalmist say? I believe I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I'm not going to wait till heaven. I'm going to believe for it right now. Can I speak to every couple fighting at the moment? Every marriage going through stuff? I've been there. I've done that. I've got a t-shirt, but I burnt it. Relationships. I declare the goodness of God right in the middle of it. Right in the middle of it. That you would look to that spouse. You'd look to that loved one. and Someone here, there's infighting in the family. I declare the goodness of God over your family. It changes today. In the name of Jesus, it changes today. It changes today in the name of Jesus. Someone here has nightmares and night terrors constantly, constantly. Right now, I declare the goodness of God over those nightmares and those night terrors. And, I, and I'm going to speak about it tonight, but over your home, I declare freedom and I declare liberty, and I tell every demonic entity and every spirit of fear to leave because the goodness of God is in town and it's in your home in Jesus' name. Here's one for you. They're all talking about a recession, but I'm going to talk about the goodness and the provision of Master Jesus. Jehovah Jireh, our provider, His grace is sufficient for me. He might tell you to catch a fish and the coin be in the mouth of a fish. Be obedient. Why? Because God is good and only does good. Ratchet up your obedience. Ratchet up your steps of faith. Ratchet up your belief as you walk out of this place today. Walk out of those doors and say, the banner over me is love. God is a good God and he wants good things for me. And I will not bring this down to say there is wickedness in him. No, God is favoring my life. In Jesus' name, do you receive it? Receive it. I speak to every demonic entity that would be trying to rob people today, Lord. I thank you for your grace and your mercy, and I pray for the cleansing work of your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for your presence. 
Just lift your hands if you'd like to know the goodness of God. And again, again, you might have seen it, but you want to see it on a whole other level. Just lift them out in front of you. Lift them up above you. I don't care. Father, I pray for the goodness, your goodness, your goodness. You are good and you do good. I pray that you just reveal it in the night. You reveal it in the morning. You reveal it in the daytime. I just pray you change our thinking, tear down strongholds. We thank you, Lord, right now for grace. Just as Steve directed us earlier, let's just wait on him to come. Come, Holy Spirit, fall in this place in power. Show us your glory. Show us your goodness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Goodness of God. Goodness of God. Goodness of God over your life. May, may everyone who sees you see it in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I just want to ask eyes to be closed, heads to be bowed. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that you've never, ever surrendered to Him. Even online today, people not knowing that God cares about you and loves you so much. Sin separated us. It's both our sin, but it's original sin too. And it needed a man who had not sinned, and his name was Jesus. He did not sin, ever sin. And when he died, we just celebrated a few weekends ago. We know that his blood became a sacrifice. And he actually went into the depths of hell, took back the keys of death and the grave. And for three days, he went through that torturous experience. And we also know, and it's not talked about very much, he took his blood into the true temple in heaven as the ultimate and eternal sacrifice, always speaking on your behalf. You don't need to mow your neighbor's lawns. It'd be good if you did, but you don't need to do that to be good with God. You can't right all the wrongs. You could never fix this. You simply receive and accept the sacrifice and the gift. And I want to call people today to come to the cross of Jesus, to come to him, to bring yourself to his feet as you are, to actually come and say, God, show me your goodness, show me your life, show me eternal life, and he will do it. The Bible says that if you call on his name, that you will be saved. So with our eyes closed and heads bowed, and maybe you're not sure that you're saved. Maybe you've gone to church a lot, or maybe you've never been to church. You've never known this hope that's in Jesus. We're going to pray a prayer together. And we're going to believe that God will do something so profound in our hearts and in our lives like he promised he would because he's just that good. So with eyes closed, heads bowed, if you're here today, you're saying, Graham, uh, include me in this prayer. That's me. I, I don't, I'm not right with God. I don't have my own relationship with him. I, I, I've not known that forgiveness. I've not known that assurance. Then on the count of three, I want you to lift your hand up here in this room and online as well. Say, yep, Graham, pray for me. I, I need to know Jesus. On the count of three, I want you to lift your hand. One, two, three. Just lift it up for me, as high as it can go. Yep, wonderful. Wonderful over here. Wonderful here. Wonderful back here. Wonderful here. Yes, 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 yes. Lots and lots of people responding today. Yes, awesome. God's touching your life even as you lift your hand. God's rearranging your heart, doing that awesome work. Thank you, Lord. And online as well. God bless you. So good. Come on, can we put our hands together for every person responding today? Thank you, Lord, so much. It's His goodness that leads us to repentance. Follow this prayer after me, okay? Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you right now. Thank you for Jesus. I accept the sacrifice on my behalf. Your blood 
and your forgiveness. Give me a new heart. I call on your name. Save me. Give me that assurance. Touch me now, Holy Spirit, with your seal and your power that I'll never be the same again. Let me follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God praise. Hey, I'm going to hand over to somebody. Chris, can come out. Hey, I'm just going to make myself available just at the end of the service. I'd just love to pray for anybody. Um, I'll just stick around for as long as is needed. I'd love to lay hands on people. I, I felt like there were a couple of words for people as well. So um, you might have that on your heart. Just feel that stirring. But uh, God is good, and God is going to be good to you as a church beyond what you could ever imagine. Amen? Okay, God bless you. Amen, amen. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.